Hello and welcome to another of our weekly podcast episodes brought to you by APW, your partner in property and purchase advisor should you wish to embark on a buy-to-let investment in the UK. Today I have the top team with me, Stuart and Callum Williamson. Hello. How are you, Paul? I'm very well. Uh, How are you, Stuart? You're both in Oz. Yes, I am. Just got back. It's very nice. It's very cold today, though, but it's glorious and I'm very well. Thank you very much. In this episode, we're going to have a look back at the last month. Uh, We're slightly later than we uh, would like to be, but uh, the market does move slowly. So uh, we'll see what went on in October and try to extract the key points that may affect the property market in particular, but also the UK economy and the wider global market. Uh, Stuart, you put out your weekly market wraps for over three years now. Uh, What have you noticed uh, going on recently? Uh, Well, I think the biggest... um Biggest differences really are, are you've got the, the mortgage rates seem to be calming down. Uh, we're getting uh, mortgage swap futures falling. Um, they're saying perhaps people like Knight Frank and Savills are saying that over the next four to five years, rates should be down to perhaps two to three percent, uh, which for buy to let people is, is very positive. But it's all about affordability in the marketplace. You know, when will it get more affordable? So people can start buying more. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing because people are still wading through all the gloomy news uh, that there is out there. The uh, situation in Palestine, Ukraine still going on, day 625 or 6, I think, at the, uh, the time of recording. The, there's the energy crisis that's still slightly worrying. Cost of living crisis, climate change, you know, the list just keeps on growing and none of them get solved. Um, how do, does that affect the market, do you think, Stuart? Well, I mean, I was just chatting to a lady who's uh, uh, in Singapore. She's a, um, a, a an equity trader. And we were just talking about, you know, at any one time, there's a third of the people who are moving into the market who are fresh. There's a third of the people who are in the market who have been there for a while, 10 years or so. And then there's a third of the people who are moving out. So the point is that, People always tend to forget what's happened in the past because there's such a turnover in decision makers. And I think in general, people forget that, you know, interest rates were at 14% in the past. People forget that we've had all these sort of crises before. The stock markets still go up. Property prices still go up. It's a, it's a, it's a long-term game, not a short one. Okay. So, sorry, I would say just to add to that, you know, it's a question of what's your time horizon, right? I mean, if you're, if your time horizon is two years or a year and you're trying to flip property and make money quickly, then, you know, maybe not the best time to be looking with a bit of uncertainty. But if your time horizon is longer term, five years, 10 years, 20 years, then it's, uh, you know, will not impact you. And, you know, these things haven't in the past and they won't go forward. Okay, well, let's have a look at some of the short term numbers um, just to see if we can part some of the fog of uncertainty um, globally and in the UK economy. Um, Callum, so inflation, what happened there? Sure. So this is from the latest ONS Office of National Statistics release um, that came out on the 18th of October, and it looks at the figures for September. So main points, consumer price index, including occupiers' housing costs, that's the CPIH, rose by 6.3% in the 12 months to September. Uh, That's the same as in August, so that's staying steady. On a monthly basis, CPIH rose by 0.5 in September, compared with the rise of 0.4 in September last year. 
the largest downward contributors to the monthly change in both CPIH and CPI annual rates came from food and non-alcoholic beverages, where prices fell on the month for the first time since September 21, and furniture and household goods, where prices rose by less than a year ago. Uh, rising price for motor fuel made the largest upward contribution to the changes in annual rates. Yeah, so those were the, the, were the big upward and downward movement things. There's fresh figures coming out in the middle of November, uh, which will be the October inflation rate. So keep an eye on that. Um, the October 2022 CPI rate was the highest in over 40 years. Um, uh, the CPIH National Statistics Series begins in January 20, uh, 2006. Uh, so it doesn't go back so far. But excluding August 2023, the rate in September was the lowest since March 2022. So, you know, it's all being it's stabilised a bit, hasn't it, Stuart? Yeah, and I think for sure that's been reflected in the, you know, Bank of England's recent approach to interest rates. You know, the MPC decision basically to keep uh, rates at 5.25% um, is indicative that they think things are calming down and they don't want to go crazy and keep on raising rates and then kill off what is a very, very weak uh, recovery from recession. So they're happy if they can keep rates as they are and are expecting inflation to, to fall to below 2% over the next three to four years, I believe. Yes. So they kept the interest rate at 5.25% with a majority of 6 to three, uh, three of them wanted to raise it a quarter of a percent to 5.5. They were pretty gloomy on the growth forecast. They were expecting pretty much zero growth between now and 2025. Inflation is expected to be 3% broadly next year, 2% by 2025. Uh, and they said, we expect inflation to fall further this year to around 4.5% and continue to fall towards our 2% target next year. Uh, so you mentioned earlier the mortgage market. Um, wh what effect is the base rate ha having on the mortgage market? Well, there's a lot more positivity out there. We had a seminar last week uh, in Singapore, and um, the mortgage broker there reiterated what they'd also said the week before in Dubai, is that rates were on the way down. And if you're looking for a, to, to buy something at the moment, then buying a, a, a over the next two years was fine, or to get a variable rate and let that fade away. But generally, the view is that over the next two years, rates will start to fall. And what sort of yeah. rates are we, what sort of rates are we seeing, Callum? Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, we've got an article here from Forbes, uh, which talks about it, and it talks about some of the rates that are out there on the market at the moment. So HSBC is cutting uh, selected residential and buy-to-let fixed rates across its range for existing customers. That's from Joe Thornhill. Uh, she says the move comes ahead of the Bank, Bank of England's latest rate announcement. Uh, the HSBC five-year fixed rate for a home purchase is down by 0.19 percentage points to 4.84. Uh, Santander is offering the market-leading rate for 4.46. So those are the sorts of rates you can get, I think, within the UK. Stu, what would you say are the sort of rates you can get as an expat? It's still north of 5%. You know, you're looking at 5.5 up to 6.5%, uh, depending if you're doing it directly or via an SPV. But it is still just above 6%. And I think, we'll again, we'll see that fall over the next, blah, 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 say, two years, 18 months, 
to below below five percent. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there, there is some on certainly on the longer term fixed rates. They are hovering around the five percent. Some of them are under just under, but they're quite often limited deals. So you have to kind of get in there quick. You have to be be oven ready, as it were. Mortgage approval rates were down. Uh, there was a Guardian article that said, uh, reflecting the impact of the sharpest rise in borrowing costs in decades, net remortgaging approvals collapsed to 20,600, the lowest level since January 1999, as more people stayed with their existing lender or paid off their debts where they were able to do so. So, yeah, people have, you know, not only just the high rates, but the, the sort of there's a bank reluctance to lend at the moment as well. So a lot of people are just saying, well, it's too expensive. I'm not going to bother. Let, let's stay on my current mortgage deal and wait and see. Is that is that what you're getting from your clients? I think the other part to it is uh, that people are also, if you look at the figures, taking out a lot longer periods on their lending. You know, they've gone up to 30 years plus on the new new buyers and the people with larger, uh, smaller deposits and over 25 years plus for people on standard rates. So longer term lending, uh, move to interest only, those sort of things seem to be common for people who've been embarrassed. And as Warren Buffett says, they've been caught swimming without any clothes on. Yes, <laughs> swimming without shorts. When the tide goes out, we'll find out who's swimming without shorts. Okay, um, uh, well, let's have a look at some house price reports. So that, that's inflation has an effect on the bank rate, which has the effect on mortgages, which has an effect on house prices. So uh, where are those where are those going, and what are the reports saying, uh, Callum? Okay, well, let's look at nationwide as a start. I mean, we'll caveat this by saying you look at any set of uh, house price reports for the same month, and you'll often get different results. You know, right move may have an increase, whereas Halifax or uh, nationwide may have something else. So just bear that in mind. But looking at nationwide, they have prices rising by just under 1%, 0.9% in October, which was still lower than October last year at 3.3, which is when the sort of uh, the current mortgage crisis kicked off, which is a better figure than September's 5.3% year on year figure. So um, positive according to NatWest at nationwide, sorry. Yeah, the chief economist, Robert Gardner, commented, uh, the uptick in house prices in October most likely reflects the fact that the supply of properties on the market is constrained. So the old supply and demand kicking in there. There is little sign of forced selling, which would exert downward pressure on prices. So that's positive news. Uh, as labour market conditions are solid and the mortgage arrears are at historically low levels, activity in house prices are likely to remain subdued in the coming quarters despite signs that the cost of living pressures are easing, with the rate of inflation now running below the rate of average earnings. Consumer confidence remains weak and surveyors continue to report subdued levels of new buyer inquiries. Uh, with bank rate not expected to decline significantly in the years ahead, borrowing costs are unlikely to return to the historic lows seen in the aftermath of the pandemic. Instead, it appears likely that a combination of solid income growth, together with modestly lower house prices and mortgage rates, will gradually improve affordability over time, with housing market activity remaining fairly subdued in the interim. So, sort of flat and steady and slow and stable-ish at the moment, with some sort of nervousness. Would, would that be your take on it all? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's really a case of also geographical splits, I mean, you look at somewhere like Brighton down on the south coast, 
then we're looking at a three to four percent fall at the moment. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a 10 percent fall uh, over the next uh, 12 months. The same with down to Cornwall and Devon. Whereas if you look up north, then the Midlands and north, northwest, because of work from home has become so prevalent, you're getting a lot of people up there who are still being able to buy and live in places perhaps an hour or hour and a half away from where they're working and commuting for three days a week. So you're seeing an imbalance, a gap, mind the gap, between the north and south because in the north it's a lot more affordable, in the south it went too far, and it's going to be another three to four years, I think, before that that gap comes together, at which stage we'll see the southeast and London start to pick up again. But it is, all, all the reports are very similar in that they show a general fall, you know, 1.1% growth in the market, according to Zoopla, you know, which is very similar to what the other people are saying at the moment, whereas a year ago it was nearly 10%. But prices will fall, but not all over the country. South is going to get absolutely caned, I believe, southeast, southwest, whereas other parts up north would be a lot better off. Yes, they, they, and Zoopla, they said four in five housing markets are seeing house prices fall over the last 12 months, uh, which was up from less than one in 20 markets uh, six months ago. Uh, they saw annual house price growth in six cities, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Belfast, Newcastle, Leeds, Liverpool, Birmingham and Manchester. Yes, like you say, just that regional difference. Um, it depends. And even those are average figures. You know, you're going to get disparities in different streets in those cities and different sectors of the market. The difference between new build, one bedroom flats and old market family houses. Micro markets are, are, are always uh, bucking the trends, aren't they? It is. I mean, you can even say, you can even look at football teams. And now around Ellen Road, Are you home to the best about Leeds. Of course, I am. You'll see that prices are actually appreciating because there's a strong, uh, positive vibe about what's going on with Leeds. Whereas I'd imagine around Man United, people are leaving like rats because you know that sort of area is not doing very well. But it is a truth. You've got to micro look at the micro in each situation. Around Newcastle, there's so much money coming in from the Saudis, that is booming. So it's not just about looking what the trends are saying or what the markets are saying. You've got to look at individual markets and know that, which is why APW, we add value because we can give you that information. And, exactly. and I think it is, it, sorry, it can be quite frustrating when people talk about, you know, the UK property market as a whole. You know, it's totally different. That would be like looking at a sort of uh, a widespread ETF fund that includes heaps and heaps of different companies from all sorts of different sectors and saying, well, the performance isn't very good. You know, there's areas within that uh, medicinal companies over the past few years, for example, that have done very well, you know, so you've got to, you've got to look at the regions as we're saying, and then look at what your goals are. I think personally looking at what's happening with the market at the moment, prices have been falling. They seem to be leveling off now, perhaps even creeping up. Rates are still high, interest rates. Are they going to start coming down? The experts are suggesting they may do in the next six, 12 months. So to me, that suggests that actually there's perhaps a bit of a buying opportunity now. You know, prices are down, rates are going to start falling. So for someone that's looking to buy for the long term, it may actually not be a bad time to buy. You know, you've got 
10, 15% that's come out of the market that you can potentially ride back up. So it's all about your goals and what you're trying to achieve. Also, if you're going to do those micro markets, you've got to plan for that specific market. So don't buy a very grand uh, manor house next to the Leeds football stadium, because it's probably not going to be the right kind of property for that particular market. You've got to think like a Leeds football fan, uh, if such a thing is possible. Yes, I mean, it's like, as it's coming up towards Christmas, it's like buying a box of Quality Street. And in Quality Street, there's all sorts of different suites. There's those big round toffee ones that I hated when I was a kid, because you'd get stuck in your teeth and you'd never be able to swallow them. Whereas the lovely little round fruity ones shaped like barrels and they, they're easy to digest. And it's the same with property. Buy something that suits you and suits what you're trying to achieve. If it's a, a buy to let, why have a garden when the only people who pay any of people who use the garden are dogs and kids and dogs and kids don't pay the rent. So there you go. Advice from Stuart, buy your property in Quality Street. So the other thing that happened in uh, recent times was the King's Speech. And we're going to do a separate uh, podcast, just picking up on the bills that were suggested in the King's Speech that were relevant to property owners. Uh, But uh, final thoughts from uh, both of you? Okay, I think um, it's interesting to note, you know, I I mentioned this before, is that when you look at Property properties in the UK, only a third of them are actually owned by a mortgage. You know, 40% of them, or just below 40%, are rented. And then the other rest, the other rest are bought by cash. I mean, who would have thought that 35% of the UK market would be owned by cash? So when looking at the, the mortgage cost and the effect that it has on the marketplace, it's only going to be the top 10% of that. 35% or even less who are going to be looking at issues with their mortgages. So don't get overly focused on what is in reality a very small portion of the marketplace. Yes, picking up, in fact, from the Zoopla report, again, there was um, uh, there are currently fewer mo- moves from mortgage buyers uh, while the number of cash sales is holding steady. Uh, cash buyers now look set to be the second largest buyer group in 2023, behind only first-time buyers. Uh, Over the last five years, cash buyers have only accounted for one in five sales. This year, they're making up one in three sales. Uh, So, yes, it supports your idea that there are separate markets in the the mortgage market, the first-time buyers, the cash buyers. They're all reacting differently to what's going on in the world. Yeah, I think just try and zoom out and look at the bigger picture a little bit. You know, what's what's the trend been over the past 12 months and what are the trend lines suggesting now you know are we at the inflection point and are things going to start turning around as i just said i personally believe it's not a bad time to be thinking about buying even if you do have to swallow a slightly higher interest rate for a while i'm just reading a book at the moment called the millionaire fast lane it's a very cheesy titled book it's about 12 years old and it talks about what is wealth and wealth is the three f's uh, family so that's your relationships your fitness i.e your health and your freedom and the freedom comes from having finances in place that allow you to do the things you want where you want and how you want and i, and I think property is still and will always be a great long term to help you a long-term tool to help you get that final f which is the freedom so don't be put off guys do your research and get stuck in I was going to buy that book, but I, I couldn't afford it. Um, 
uh, that's it from us today. Um, until next Monday, it's uh, goodbye from Callum. Cheers, Paul. Thanks for having me. Cheerio from Stuart. Cheerio. And goodbye from me. My name is Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. And thanks, as ever, to our producer, Emma Holton, at Brilliant Audio. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.